Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective, Chapter 15 It didn't matter what the quality of the food was, just that it was food. It didn't even have to be edible, cooked or seasoned to perfection, nothing. It just had to be food that could be rapidly chewed upon and swallowed, with the gusto of a man after a three-day juice detox. Otherwise bad things were likely to happen, and Filthy Henry figured he had had enough bad things happen today without voluntarily adding to the mix. The small mountain of food in front of him meant nothing. He didn't even taste it as he ate. All that mattered was the eating and digesting. To avoid owing Shelley a ton of money, he had used the last dredge of magic left in him to conjure up some euro notes. Temporary euro notes. They would last roughly four hours before disappearing back into the ether, long enough to buy multiple meals and get away before anybody noticed. They had stopped at the first place serving food they had found. Shelley helped the weakened fairy detective amble down the street. A table outside had been empty and Filthy Henry had gratefully dropped into the seat while Shelley went and placed his extreme order of food. She had returned with a packet of crisps for him to munch on while the food had been prepared. A very thoughtful gesture, he found. Once the food had finally arrived, Filthy Henry started to devour everything in sight. Shelley sat across from him, sipping on a cola and trying not to watch him eat. He couldn't blame her. The only thing preventing him from sucking up everything on the table in one go was the size of his mouth and his poor lung capacity. I thought the last time was bad, Shelley said, glancing at him as he munched on a cheeseburger held between two other cheeseburgers. I need more, Filthy Henry said between chews. Absolutely no magic left. Bad. Very bad. Why? He groaned in mid-chew. Had she no table manners? Talking while another person's mouth was full? Could she not just sit there in silence and slurp on her soda which had been bought for her with counterfeit money? Filthy Henry swallowed the massive mouthful of cheeseburger and took a sip of his drink. As he started to dunk some chips into the bowl of ketchup, the fairy detective looked at Shelley. I need to have my magical reserves at all times in my body. Filthy Henry explained, placing his cup down on the table beside six similar but empty ones. It comes back naturally of its own accord, but food usually gets turned directly into magical energy for me quickly. Since I'm not a full fairy, if I ever run out of magic completely, my fairy side starts to convert my body fat into magical energy. Shelley made a silent O with her mouth. You mean your magical side starts to eat your human side? He nodded, shoveling the chips into his mouth and chewing vigorously. Well, more or less. The natural restoration doesn't work fast enough to counter the effect. It would eventually kill me. Hence why I gotta eat so much. On the plus side, I rarely put on weight. So, uh, if you wouldn't mind. Once more the gorging continued while Shelley remained silent and stared down the street. She looked at a stray dog that was moving amongst the people making its way across the street towards their table. As he munched on the literally life-saving dinner, Filthy Henry started to think about his fight with the stoker. A little drop of guilt was clamouring for attention in the sea of his conscience, but it was easily ignored. 
One could argue that the stoker had only been doing what any hungry newborn animal would do, that it had no choice in the matter. But nobody would seek justification from a hunter who shot a rampaging bear with a sniper rifle. It was the same principle. The stoker had been created with the sole purpose of killing himself and Shelley. Anything that happened to the creature as a result of that was self-defence. But why would a stoker create another one without being ready for a newborn's hunger? Generally stokers were always prepared for that sort of thing, making a quick withdrawal from a local blood bank before turning somebody. Plus there were strict population controls in place for the fairy folk, who shunned daylight and enjoyed very bloody Marys. Even creating a single new one required so much paperwork and a sign-off from a number of high-powered fairies that it would take nearly a century for the stoker to get permission to turn someone. Anyone turned without the prior paperwork met the very pointy end of a novelty-sized toothpick, handled by the only half-breed in the world. It was a dusty job, but someone had to do it. Of course, a newborn stoker would kill just about anything in order to get that first drop of blood making them the perfect killer, one without any remorse and simply doing what their instincts told them. You just had to point them in the direction you wanted. Which made scary sense to Filthy Henry. Hell, it would have been the sort of plan that he came up with himself. The real question was why, unless he was starting to figure out something that somebody would rather not get figured out. He thought about his current caseload, but the only one of real importance he was working on was Leprechaun's stolen mother croc. It made no sense for the king of the leprechauns to want him dead, unless he was trying to cover something up. But why would Leprechaun steal his own croc? There was no point or benefit to it. Meaning that whoever had sent the stoker must, in some way, be involved in the theft of the mother croc. In the fairy detective's mind, the clue jumped up and down waving a mentally imagined hand in order to get attention. The stoker had mentioned a posh vampire wearing a hat, which greatly limited the amount of possible stokers that had performed the illegal turning. In fact, it reduced the list down to a single digit that was greater than zero but less than two. Even calling it a list was insulting to lists. It was more of a name badge at a convention for prime suspects, a badge which read, Abraham St. Ochre. Filthy Henry stopped chewing, swallowed the mouthful of food and stared at the dog as Shelley scratched the animal on the head. The wisp had also said that it had been turned by a posh-speaking stoker. Two random newborns created by St. Ogre, without the proper paperwork being filed. But why did the vampire author want to have Filthy Henry removed from the picture? They'd gotten on so well for years without ever crossing swords. Unless somehow... The fairy detective had stumbled across something that St. Ochre did not want people to know. But what? He looked at Shelley. She had come to the office right before the crazed stoker had attacked. Was it possible that the stoker had been sent to kill them both? Or had she merely been in the wrong place at the right time? Shelley picked up a scrap of meat from one of Filthy Henry's discarded plates and dropped it on the ground in front of the dog. The animal gobbled it down and looked back up at her, licking its snout. What was it that you wanted to tell me earlier? Filthy Henry asked her, pushing away some of the empty food packages. What's that? Shelley said, turning back to look at him. Earlier, tonight. You said you wanted to tell me something, but only after I told you about myself. What was it? Oh, that, 
Shelley said, shrugging her shoulders. That was something stupid is all. Nothing important. A mad idea that I had. Filthy Henry leaned across the table and stared at her directly in the eye. We just got attacked by someone that can make stokers, and I'm guessing that your mad idea might have something to do with that. Well, the thing is Bram Stoker seems to be climbing up the bestsellers list rather quickly. So? So, how's he doing it if he hasn't got millions stashed away somewhere? You said that he doesn't get royalties anymore because he should have died naturally years ago. Yet in the last two days, Dracula has jumped up five places. It will be the number one bestseller by the end of the week if it keeps going. Well, by the end of tonight. Here you go, boy. She had taken another morsel of uneaten food and dropped it into the dog's mouth. A rather large penny dropped into the mental piggy bank of Filthy Henry's mind. It clanged around in the empty, hypothetical container, growing in size with each bang. Nothing Shelley had said was concrete proof one way or the other. But it was a theory, and sometimes a theory was all you needed. Fermat was only famous for coming up with a theorem, not proving that it was valid. Checking his internal magical levels, Filthy Henry picked up four more cheeseburgers and started eating a fifth. He stood up from the table. Shelley picked up a plate that still had a full burger on it and placed it on the ground beside her chair. Don't do that, Filthy Henry said between chews. I was going to eat that. Quickly, he cast a rainbow dome over the plate. It was nowhere near as powerful as a proper leprechaun one and would only last for a few minutes. But it would be enough to stop anything getting at his burger. That's so pretty, Shelley said. She reached down to the moving hemisphere of colour and put her hand against it. It didn't get past the shimmering light. Won't others see it, though? Nope, Filthy Henry said. Their mind will convince them it's just lights reflecting off the stores in a puddle. Or something like that. He trailed off as the most amazing thing ever to be witnessed by someone who considered magic mundane happened. With its head completely covered in coloured light, the dog had gone over to the plate and started to eat the burger. It had gotten through a magical shield that stopped anything getting through, without any magical powers at all. Shelley looked down and noticed the dog. I thought you said... Well, I did say, the fairy detective said. Even a weak version of that spell cast by me should stop anything passing through it for a few minutes. The dog, having eaten the entire burger in three bites, lay down beside the plate and seemingly went to sleep. So how did the dog get through if I couldn't? Shelley said, looking at it with her fairy vision turned on. We'll uh, worry about that later, he said, gathering up the last of his food and stepping away from the table. He turned right and started to walk down O'Connell Street towards the River Liffey. Behind him came the sound of Shelley's chair scraping on the pavement as she pushed it back and the pad of her feet on the pavement as she followed him. You've uh, come up with a nice little theory there, Filthy Henry said, halfway through another cheeseburger. One that I wouldn't mind testing out. We have until tomorrow morning to get this thing sorted with Leprechaun anyway. So what's one long shot really going to cost us? You finish the burger in one massive mouthful. But first I need to find me a swan. Running along the River Liffey in Dublin's fair city, hanging above the water, there's a wooden walkway. Meant as a tourist attraction, because people are attracted to the prospect of being able to walk over water without the stigma of being a messiah. The Liffey walkway had more or less become just another method for people to get about the city. Dotted along its wooden surface were wooden benches and little coffee kiosks, 
closed at this time of night. Filthy Henry had entered the walkway via the entrance at the end of O'Connell Bridge and started strolling along. The buns from his last burger held in his left hand. Shelley followed a step behind him. Did you say you needed to find a swan? Shelley asked. Yep, Filthy Henry replied, examining the benches that they passed. Ah, there we are. Just wait here a second, will you? Shelley went to say something but decided against it. Instead, she walked up to the barrier that prevented people from falling off the walkway into the river below and leaned against it. The ferry detective walked ten feet away from her and sat down beside a stranger on one of the riverside benches. They conversed for a few minutes, then Filthy Henry handed the man the burger buns and stood up. He walked back to Shelley and leaned over the railings. What was that about? he asked Filthy Henry as he rejoined her. Well, I needed to find a swan, he said. Shelley looked back at the stranger as he rose from the bench with her fairy vision. The telltale light of a fairy shone from him, similar to the light that Garda Downey had shown, little feathers floating above his aura. He's a leerling, she said. Exactly like I said, I needed to find a swan. You'll always find a leerling down here. Needed him to deliver a message to Leprechaun for me. And you paid him with bread? Ah, I bribed him with bread. Leerlings are suckers for bread, he said, smiling. They sit out here all night waiting for somebody to throw bread down to the real birds. Why didn't you just ring him? Filthy Henry snorted. You mean on a mobile? Fairies don't use mobile phones. We've got leerlings for that. Much better. Put the post service to shame so they do. Shelley sighed, clasped her hands together and stared at the water flowing beneath her feet. I'm never going to understand this world, she said. It's just too weird. How one manages to keep sane is impressive. Reaching over and placing his hand on top of hers, Filthy Henry smiled. I'm not sane, he said, nudging her playfully with his shoulder. I just pretend to be. Besides, you'll get used to everything in this world. Give it a chance. It might just show you how wonderful it can really be. Shelley looked over at Filthy Henry and saw the city lights sparkling in his eyes. There was something else in them as well. If she had been drinking, she would have called it a spark of attraction. She closed her eyes, puckered her lips slightly, and leaned in to kiss him. An eternity passed. The beat of her heart dragging out into infinity. She was in that moment of time when uncertainty reigned on high. When you had thoughts racing through your mind about whether or not this attempted kiss was a really great move or really stupid. As her lips met empty air, her thoughts aligned themselves behind the stupid side of things. When she opened her eyes, Filthy Henry was nowhere to be seen. Oh, for God's sake, she said, banging her hand angrily on the railing. There was no sign of the fairy detective at all. Filthy Henry, The Fairy Detective is a novel by Derek Power. Other Filthy Henry novels are currently available to buy on Amazon Kindle. This audiobook version was narrated by Niall Milton. <laughs> <laughs>